DMs. Have you ever felt like banishing a player to the Astral Sea for insisting your rule interpretation was bogus? Players, have you ever felt frustrated that a 19 on a perception check only tells you that there may or may not be something there? Rogues, tired of how it's called Thieves Can't when obviously thieves can? Then this is the podcast for you where we take a hard look at the rules of the game, the reality of the table, and the role of the dice to solve D&D's most heated arguments. This is Raw and Order. Dun-dun! What? Oh, hello? Bonjour, hello. bonsoir. Bonjour. Bonjour, bonsoir. Bonsoir, bonsoir madame. I think that we should do an entire episode only in accents. In a French accent, specifically? Any accent. Any accent, you're a little out design. Your French accent, your French accent is like straight out of Beauty and the Beast. And <laughs> Lumiere. My, I think, right, literally, and mine is like, Totally like, I think, of okay, my French friends learning French in high school, like going to, but you're just Canadian and you're just like, oh, bonjour. And it's amazing. I'm not, I'm not French Canadian though. You're close enough. And the, and the important distinction there is because I'm not French Canadian, I like to shit on all French Canadians. <gasps> and so. Oh no. <laughs> French Canada, we're sorry. All, I'm sure we have, oh my God, guess where we have listeners. Where? Dusseldorf, Germany. Get out of here. What I are you talking about? How do you know? to God. Because How? you can help. What? How? Because you can tell from SoundCloud um, the way that it, uh, uh, it tells you like where people have been listening. So unless they're robots, at least one person has listened from Dusseldorf. Oh and God, I love beautiful. that person. So hi, hi, Dusseldorf. Hey, girl. How, how do you say things in German? I know a very few things. I know. Uh, okay. Um, ich liebe dich means I love you. Mm-hmm. And then there's Erdbeereis, which means strawberry ice cream, but it sounds very angry. And then Ich bin ein Berliner. There you go. Ich bin yeah. ein. Oh, you have to say it. Ich bin ein Berliner. You have to say it like him. Um, uh, which is their word for jelly donut. It is. Which is. I am weird. a jelly donut. Why mm-hmm. is that? Berliner. I wonder. Everything in Germany has like a million more like consonants and syllables than it needs to. Like I kid you not, windshield wiper fluid, which is already five syllables <laughs> in German, is ten syllables long. It's like it's like Vinschen <laughs> And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? That is too long. I feel like I'm in Germany right now. Like this oh, is incredible. <laughs> my name is Olga. Hello. Is that German? I feel I like I'm in a gas station in Germany <laughs> asking for the Vichy Vichy First of all, that sounds we're, like something just, you get at a brothel. We've Second. just lost our one German listener. Like, <laughs> sorry, Dusseldorf. I'm so sorry. No, seriously, Dusseldorf, we want to hear from you. Please contact us. We want yeah, to know everything us. about Tell you. Tell us who you are. Um, well, when Andy and I did, hi, Andy. When we he listens to this, by the way, he's mm-hmm. been doing our Twitter. He did our That's Twitter. That's right. He's taking so, it over. Thank yeah. Goodness. So if you guys see anything on Twitter, it's coming from Andy, friend Woo. of the pod. He's going to come on at some point again to be a guest. But um, when we had our old podcast, we had listeners from from Mongolia, and we we're always like, it's, it was the gayest podcast in the world. And we're like, who the fuck is listening in Mongolia? And then closet gay guys, closet gay guys, or that that super fucking awesome woman who who can shoot bows with her feet and has like a pet eagle. And no, it's this is about the woman from Parks and Rec. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, 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 no. It's no, it's a. I do know who you're talking about. It's the episode. A real lady. I know, no, no. That's. That's when she says what like like what your what's your my favorite pastime is like wrestling wolverines or something um no 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 that is an episode of parks and rec but there actually is a woman in mongolia who can like shoot a shoot a bow and arrow to, to a high degree of accuracy with her feet and i think she has like a pet eagle i don't know mongolia sounds terrifying and magnificent so i mean amazing yeah that sounds really cool and i want to go there just <sighs> to see that anyway do something i would like to learn to shoot a bow and arrow with my hands 
I've never I think done that, that would be a cool skill. A Katniss Everdeen girl on fire. You just shoot shoot a bow. <laughs> shoot a bow. I've shot guns. Guns are guns are fun. Mm-hmm. Um in in proper places. Sure, yeah. Guns, in proper yeah, safe environment. Take from Joe, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I okay, we don't have to. No. What did something happen recently with guns? <laughs> oh dear. Um, so <laughs> on from that topic. Have you been enjoying your summer, Joe? Um, you know what? It's technically not summer yet. We still yeah, have okay. seven days. Ugh. It is so fucking hot. I can't even breathe outside. It's like over a hundred with humidity yeah. and the dew point. I don't even know what the fuck that is. The UV index is like nine. I think is it's only high? out of ten. Oh Jesus. So it's like really high. Does that just mean we're being like cooked alive? Yeah. Okay. Well, I put sun. I did go on a little walk today. I put sunscreen on. Mama, too hot. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't need. And then for whatever reason, my house is like, mm, your air conditioner needs to be on all the time. And I'm like, no, it's fucking freezing. So I'm like shivering in my house, but then I go outside and I'm. I'm literally wearing a sweater right now. First world problems, Anna. <laughs> you know? I know. I know. I bet that the car started to make a fun noise today. Oh, so that's like, yeah, yeah. One of those uh, jokey old timey car jalopy. Yeah, just for some reason, (laughs) it just now sounds like a jalopy. No, it starts. It I I sound like somebody that purposefully took off their muffler from their car. And now every time I rev, it makes this like. So you're cool is what you're saying. You're you're a cool kid. Yeah, all I need to do is like lower it down to the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then up put a, the put base. A, a bouncy thing so it bounces. Bow, 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 yeah. bow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not worried about that I don't or the cost of with, that at all. I don't see a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see a problem with any of this. <laughs> it's perfectly appropriate car for an attorney. Um, guess what I'm guess what I'm gonna do next weekend? What? I'm going camping. Okay. Camping or <laughs> or glamping camping with andrew is he putting you up to this yeah no he's not putting me up to it i am dragging him along if anything okay andrew it's it's not too late to get out of this <laughs> if you need to. don't don't tell him that um where are you going camping There's no escape <laughs> where are you going camping it's an uh, evidently like an hour away we're so like our friends uh are avid campers like wait a minute you were a... just in dubuque do i know these friends is this sandra Decora. No, this is Sandy Sandy. camp. Um, Kayla, Kayla and Jason, my friends, they have got two little kids and they're avid campers and they go like out in just like a tent with some sleeping bags. And I mean, I won't lie. I'm going to do it. That does sound fun. Yeah. But not in this weather. Oh my God. I I really hope to God it's not over a hundred degrees. I would go next weekend. It's supposed to be like horrendous thunderstorms in about 10 minutes yes so it looks bright and sunny outside yeah well that's when the tornadoes come so great iowa what what are you gonna do (laughs) so you know but i'm very excited about my camping experience i am too any of our listeners have advice for first-time campers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bring toilet paper and Maybe advice on how to avoid getting tick bites, because that's the thing I'm most scared of. Don't expose your skin at all. Wrap full, fully wrapped. Where I'm so you're looking be at a, me. over a hundred degrees. Yeah. What do you oh oh did you think camping? Did you think hunting and gathering way back when was just a waltz in the park? Okay. No. Okay. I was kind of hoping to wear shorts. Well, you can wear shorts, but then you have to wear like really long, like knee-high socks wool uh oh, not, God. Not, not wool. but you should wear long <laughs> socks because then if the ticks get on there you'll be able to easily spot them okay but you should okay. yeah you should be careful maybe mm-hmm. yeah i don't know maybe maybe don't go <laughs> no i'm going other people go camping all the time and survive and i know i'm the gal that literally twisted her knee and had to go to the er because she flew a kite one time but but never again. Okay, I can do this. I can I, go camping. <laughs> I once rolled my ankle walking, just walking. That's yeah. Just, that I, like I the walked. Two of us. Okay, we we podcast about D and D. We're not outdoorsy people. Nope. <laughs> but we're gonna do it. 
I we're, walked and I just do it. <laughs> just stepped a little wrong. It was on the way. It was a morning heading to law school. And I and I was walking down the path from the parking lot because the parking lot was separated by the law school from this little like forest path. And uh I was started walking down it and just totally missed the path and landed <laughs> like on a corner of it and rolled my ankle and it was it grew. It was the first time, okay, knock on wood, because now I'm something's gonna happen and I'm gonna like, you know, um uh something's gonna happen i'm gonna like get injured but uh uh my f- ankle fully grew to like three times the size and it was gross but it was cool Ooh. and i had an excuse not to walk so in law school i was so nervous about the first semester finals that i would read like i had my head in a book even when i was walking around uh-huh. and i fell down the stairs of the library oh and, <laughs> and sprained my ankle because I didn't see the stairs were there. And I was like reading a book in front of my face. That's so. <laughs> never tell anyone that story. That... I just told all our listeners. Oh, well. <laughs> I've never told my mother that story. And now she's about <gasps> Swati, hi. Does she listen? Yeah. Is she going to listen to this? New season? Oh yeah, I'm sure give, she will. Give us feedback. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have been on a kick of listening to, I don't know why, but I've just been listening to like, all the jams, all the music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now, Lizzo's um, about damn about time. Damn time. <laughs> Can I just say, I want nothing more to be her in that music video. I, it's so good. I've it's never seen so... the music video, but I do love the song. What? You have yeah. to watch it immediately. That it's song so is good. all over old people TikTok, aka Instagram Reels. Wait a minute. Is Instagram old people TikTok? Instagram reels are old people TikTok. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, then I'm not even cool enough for old people TikTok. You are not. Why aren't you? I don't know. Social media. Are you on are, are you on young people Instagram? Are you on TikTok? No. No. Well then what are you? I have Facebook. I'm 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 senile. What do you what do you scroll through on the toilet and or as you're falling asleep? Nothing. What? I it's Facebook, but I hate Facebook. Meta. I hate Facebook too. Meta. Ugh. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, are you excited to see my table tomorrow? Oh my God. <laughs> you're like... gonna have to report back and tell them tell yeah, the children. I'm gonna have to I will describe it in great detail. I feel like I'm gonna have to take pictures mm. and then mm. like post it. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. We'll, we'll take pictures. Yeah. 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 I um we pl- I played on it last night. So good. I when when our guest so our guest this week is the lovely Joshua, who um uh is in our guide game, and then mm-hmm. he also DMs a game for me, and then I play in a game with him with him that Tyler DMs. And last night we had a really fucking amazing end to our session that we're gonna talk about when he gets okay. here. Um but yeah. We uh, haven't had Josh on before, have no, we? No, 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 no. I know. Ooh. Um, all right. Well, I guess now should we bring him in? Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited uh, about our discussion host. topic today. So I really want him to get here. Mm. Let's okay. go. Let's go. Come on. Oye, 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 the Honorable Chief Justices Joe and Anna, and Associate Justice Josh of the Supreme Court of D&D. All persons having business before this court are admonished to draw near, give their attention, and get ready to learn a whole bunch of shit about January 6th that we all already knew, yet certain people still haven't been arrested because apparently attempting a coup is totes fine, for the court is now sitting. Joshua! Hey, guys. Josh! Glad to be here. Oh my God. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you. So, so we, we only met like a few months ago, but it feels like much longer. How did you two meet? Well, Uh, well, uh, (laughs) it was pride. uh, (laughs) (laughs) It was through uh, uh, a mutual friend of ours. um, Tyler. With Tyler. Yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. Friend of the pod. Friend Mm -hmm. of, I think we've had Tyler on several times. Yeah. Hi Tyler. Uh, Hi Tyler. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of a a random thing that kind of got me together with Tyler. We we joined on a um just a Facebook 
group yeah that oh. wanted a uh some guy posted on one of the local facebook facebook groups that he wanted to put a D game together and both me and tyler answered and we showed up this random guy's house that's and, crazy and now i there i and thought that random guy was joe different game yeah. different game that that's like legit like old school we're just gonna yeah. meet a bunch of random people we don't know and you could be neo-nazis mm-hmm. we don't know we're just gonna show up at your house and play D and hope for the best we did do like a light session zero um mm at uh at just the feel each other out a yeah bit. at the our local local game store at mayhem and oh that's and, good a nice neutral location neutral and, location yeah we went and smart, chatted for smart. a bit just to kind of make sure we weren't <laughs> all serial killers mm-hmm. or anything all right and, mm-hmm. and then wouldn't everyone... it be funny if you were all serial killers though? right okay that, and, and then that we just traded serial killer I would tips watch, yeah. honestly <laughs> serial you killers. Are all serial killers that respond to an online ad for D and then, then and then you're all like oh my god okay so that's gonna be my one shot (laughs) we just told everyone that that was so fun (laughs) um so all right so joshua let's talk about this session we had last night because i teased this a little bit in the intro so we are on you're the captain of our ship we're doing a salt marsh campaign that has a lot of like homebrew elements um, you're a turtle. You're the captain of our ship. Actually, in last episode, I talked about our turtle dying, and it was your character who it died. Was, I died, and I revivified you. You're welcome. Ooh, um, you. And I almost failed in doing that as well. So um, uh, now I just need to bring Joe back to life, and it'll be full circle oh with the God, three of us. Hey, <laughs> um, so we were, we were got to this point where we were sailing our ship through this this like ever narrowing river as we get closer to these mountains and Tyler's like okay i need someone to roll a d100 and you never roll, a good time <laughs> i rolled a a 1 a 1 oh! and a, a 1 on a d100 that's <laughs> zero, zero, 001 so i was like oh here we go it's yeah. got to be something so we're all sitting there and like, all right, what's going to happen? He's like, I was like, all right, so where's, where's everyone on the ship at this point? We're like, oh, God. And then a motherfucking dragon fully just like flies onto our ship holding an NPC that oh my we God. had met sessions ago, like mm-hmm. 20, 15 sessions ago, some douchebag who got away. We were like trying right. to tail him and he got away and turns out like they're in cahoots with this dragon and they specifically like chased us down to like quote unquote finish business. And so you're, you, what were you? Sexual business. Sexual business. You're going to have an orgy. (laughs) Dragon orgy. So you, what was Pacalolo, your character doing? Yeah. At that moment, I was like climbing down from a crow's nest and was like, oh fuck. (laughs) I was, I think I was piloting the ship. I was driving at the time. And then all of a sudden, uh, whoever heard it, I think maybe one of the crew members or Sildir uh, or one of, yeah, yeah. our, our other, one of the other players. Yeah. He kind of raised the alarm. And then of course, out of the trees flies this dragon. Um, yeah, it was, I was worried because being a monk, he was on the opposite side of the ship. So I know that I need to get there. So that's the first thing going through my head was how do I get there quickly? What am I doing? I have ranged abilities because I am multi-classed into a Twilight Cleric. So I do have some range stuff that I can do, but right. I need to get there. My bread and butter is, is melee. So, so yeah, I that's see, what was going through my head. So I see you, your character, you're like, I'm getting a swivel gun ready. Right. And, and so we have these like <laughs> guns on the deck of the ship and you're like, yeah. I turn it towards the dragon and the dragon, we haven't started initiative yet. And the dragon's just like, he says, he says something along lines of like, we're here to finish what we started. And I look, you know, my character looks over to you, you're lighting this gun. And I being the <laughs> druid of the group, I had happened to have this spell prepared and I just say, I could have done so many things. And I just said, mm-hmm. I cast Earthbind, which if you don't know what this <laughs> spell does, it's a second level druid spell that if you fail a strength save, a creature that has a flying speed now has a flying speed of zero and, and is basically bound to the, to the floor or the ground, wherever they are. Um, and uh, so it, it was sitting on our ship. I cast Earthbound, it failed its save by one. And you it's a, a creature f- of any size? It's a, any size creature yeah. as if it has wow. a flying speed. Now, most of your ancient dragons and whatnot could resist this, but 
he didn't. And he was sitting there. And uh, as long as I maintain concentration, that dragon cannot fly. Yeah, so, so start of next session, she's going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah. I was, I forgot about that. Yeah, I was lighting the swivel gun. I was pointing it at uh, the NPC. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I know I'm not going to take down this dragon in one shot. I might with the cannon, but right. fuck up the shaman. At yeah. The, yeah, the shaman. I don't know how much I looked it up, though. I think uh, the swivel guns are only 2d8. So it's like, yeah. well, all right. We'll have to just chip away. His. I'll, yeah, I, I have lit, some though. stuff. Yeah, I have some stuff we can. We'll be good. Um, but that's where we left off last night, and yeah. now we're playing again on Friday. And I'm like, mm, can't wait for this fight. So yeah. All right. Well, Swivel guns. Listen, mm-hmm. hey. Yeah, whatever you got, man. And and also, so Josh, oh, we never we didn't do this. So we so how did you get into tabletop gaming and D and D? We usually sort oh, of yeah. ask our oh visitors um, that. So. It was, I have always been interested in gaming as a whole. Like I, w- I grew up playing RPGs on, you know, video games. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really get into tabletop until much later in life. Um, I, around 2019, uh, I used to play roller derby um, where I lived in, uh, in <laughs> the New Mexico. The look right? yeah. is priceless. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, I used to play roller derby. So, uh, and in our group, these guys are all super nerds. You mean you used to play roller derby? Yeah, like be on a roller roller derby team. Yeah, I practiced with the roller derby team, and I didn't. (laughs) What do do you think roller derby is? Yeah, what? Like, it's roller skating, but roller derby. It's like you actually have to like. It's a sport. Yeah, knock people out. Is it like rugby meets roller skating? No, not quite. It's more of like a. Is there a ball involved? It's like bumper cars. It's like a relay race where you can hit people on skates. Oh, is the best way. All right. All right. That's cool. It's a lot of fun. Anyways, (laughs) yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a million out there. So, yeah, check them out. There's guys teams, girls teams and co-ed teams. So it's 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 a it's a cool sport. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, so it was like 2019. Um, it was in the middle of the winter. I think it was like late November-ish. And we were all just kind of hanging out, having a couple beers or whatever. And someone brought up, I don't even think it was me. We're like, man, have you guys ever wanted to get into D&D? And I immediately was like, yes, absolutely. I 100%, I've always wanted to get into it. And there was about four of us that were like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, well, who's going to DM? Of course. And I was like, well, I mean, I really want to play. So I guess I'll just DM. Mm-hmm. And then that was it for like a little over a year. And then the pandemic happened. We went uh, online only. And then we ended up moving here to Iowa. And so, I mean, it was all online. I was only DMing. Um, yeah. And then I just stopped basically. And then that's when I met uh tyler about what was it the middle of 2021 yeah yeah let me let me do a dramatic reenactment of this okay okay josh sits in a group with a a bunch of people and he out of the corner of his mouth goes anyone anyone ever (laughs) wanted to play D &D?" and josh is like oh oh i i have oh that's so crazy who said that who was that Oh, uh, oh who, my God! Who's gonna who's gonna DM it? Oh, oh, oh I I can. Hey, thanks for asking, gay. Yeah, I'll do it. One, I bet you a hundred dollars. That's how that works. You know, you <laughs> probably wouldn't lose any money. No, it, it probably wasn't much far from that. But um, yeah, it was. It was very much as soon as D and D was mentioned, it was like, oh, yeah. I'm in this. Like yeah. it was. There was no letting it die at that point. And. Yeah, and then after that, it's been yeah. an obsession. Uh, yeah, like oh, like yeah. most people, uh, when you, when what, you get into this hobby, what is your like favorite part of the obsession? Is it mm-hmm. to DM? Is it to collect minis? Is it to paint them? Is it to collect dice? Is it to make up stories? Is it to be a PC? What's your favorite part? All of that. <laughs> well, it's, it's so hard. I, I, as she was, you're reading it. I'm just the head <laughs> yep, is rattling. Yep. Um, I like. I, I've always been. Um, I've always liked the idea of collecting, though I've never really been that obsessive about it. But D and D kind of flipped that. Like, mm-hmm. I need every book. Mm-hmm. I need every mini. <laughs> I need. Um, I, I have. I 
invested in a 3d printer that I can print my own minis now. And that's right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I have, we've seen the fruits of some of that labor and it looks yeah. amazing. <laughs> I have, you know, shelves and shelves of unpainted minis that I just keep printing because it'll, you know, a new file will come out and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And I'll just print it. <laughs> and then it just sits on my shelf for a year unprinted. Um, I, I really like the, uh, the storytelling aspect. I think I really lean hard on that. Um, when I was in college the, for those short <laughs> few years, um, I was, I was really into creative writing and, um, after college, I didn't really have an outlet for anything creative really. Yeah. I mean, I played music occasionally, mm-hmm. um, I, but I was never any good. Um, but with D&D, I got to be creative in a space with friends, which is always cool. Uh, the collaborative storytelling aspect of it is extremely important. I love telling stories with friends. And in a way it, that doesn't require any expertise or right. proficiency, if you will, in yeah. any specific ability, right? Like, like you can tell stories just being a person with no superior yeah. art skills or, you know, right. whatever skills. Yeah. yeah, that that's yeah, I, I that's I think that's my favorite part is the, you know, getting sitting down with friends and just doing the just being collaborative idiots. storytelling. Yeah. yeah. And just yeah. making jokes and telling <laughs> a stupid story. And it's so much fun. annoying the crap out of Joe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Well, I got to annoy the crap out of I mean, there's a lot of stories we could tell about. Oh, I, the, I didn't even share this one. Um, but when we restarted the season, but uh, my fighter basically locking down your juvenile dragon oh or, or whatever. And like yeah, totally young, adult. Just, young adult dragon and totally just like making that combat way easier than it could oh, have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I was very lucky to have succeeded on those checks, but yeah, it was fucking great. My my was... large robot was just hanging on to your dragon like, yeah. oh, hello, and punching the fuck out of it. So. Yeah, there were so many things that I could have done to get you off of me, but I didn't, I almost didn't want to, like, yeah. I almost wanted it to just, re- you know, reward that uh, yeah. creative use of, of grapple and <laughs> just let it ride. Cause I mean, I could literally just had the breath weapon angle right at you and that would have been it. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but it, it, it became a, a probably one of the more memorable fights of, yeah, of our, of our current campaign. So, and then you know, now Josh plays in one of my games, and I play in one of his, and we both play mm-hmm. in Tyler's, and the the incestuous pool of D and D continues in to the grow. Greater Des Moines area. <laughs> shall we get to our case? Yes, let's shall. Let's. Uh, the court will hear one case today. In re-PC daisy training, if a creature that quote-unquote shares your turn in combat, such as a creature created by the true polymorph or simulacrum spell, uh, if it carries you as part of its movement, could you then take your movement immediately after that? Or do you assume the movement of the creature as if it were a mount? So Josh... This came up yesterday and right. we in our game and we sort of we sort of realized that situation was different but then it sort of spawned this question. Do you want to talk a little just briefly about like how this even came up like what the character was doing? Yeah, so we have a uh, a necromancer uh character that, you know, has the raised dead ability and he was uh down in the bowels of the ship when a a combat broke out. Uh, he knew he wasn't going to make it to the deck of the ship in one turn without using his action to dash. So he was like, well, I, I have one of my skeletons pick me up and run me up the stairs. <laughs> um, this was before uh, we realized that animate dead, the skeletons have their own initiative. So that's when, you know, cause we looked it up after the combat was over. We're like, well, that, that just doesn't seem right. And then uh, we looked it up like during the break mm-hmm. and, determine that oh well actually the animated uh creatures have their own initiative order so it didn't actually fit our situation but as soon as it happened (laughs) and 
the character's name is Joffrey. Joffrey gets carried up to the top of the stairs and then uses his own movement speed mm. to move to the rail railing of the ship to do whatever wizards do. Um, I was like, oh, no, I don't like that at all. And immediately looked at Joe and I was like, we're talking about that. tomorrow." <laughs> so, yeah, this kind of has a few different like aspects to it. So let's assume. Yeah. So, so I think the conclusion we reached in the game was that if a creature has its own initiative count and its own turn in combat, then yeah. I think we determined like. Yes, it can carry like just like any PC could. It, it could carry you, and then on your turn, you could like jump out of its arms and continue running. Um, would Would you make it so that like it carrying you is its action, and then it moving you is its movement? Arguably, like with the language of the spell. So with anime dead, you have to command them as a bonus action. So mm. you'd have to say like carry me and and like or like, carry me or move me, um, and then wait for that to happen on their turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a few things that have to happen, like they have to be situated such that like they didn't use all their movement to get to you after your right. turn, your turn would have to proceed theirs because you'd have to use a bonus session to command them to move you. Um, so like a few, it's sort of like a few things have to fall into place perfectly, but I think we realized like, okay, that could happen. And yes, it would certainly take like more than just movement to get you to do that. Cause you'd have to pick someone up and like physically move them. Right. Um, However, then we started thinking, well, are there situations in which this could uh, spell itself out in a different way, such like a spell where the creature actually shares your turn? Hmm. So uh, we started looking at um, different spells and realized, so true polymorph and simulacrum. Now, obviously, these are both very high level spells. True polymorph is a ninth level spell. Yeah. (laughs) So like, and... uh, it is not going to be something that happens very often, but um, uh, I want to see if I can find the exact. Or if you're Anna, you cast it when you're ninth level. <laughs> oh, exactly. exactly. Um, so one of the things you can do is turn an object into a creature. Um, uh, and specifically, it says the creature is friendly to you and your companions, and it acts on each of your turns. Um, and you decide what action it takes and how it moves. Um, so that is a lot different than so many of the other like companion uh, mechanics mm-hmm. in the game, right? If you look at like, I was look, trying to look, so let's say like Drake Warden Ranger um, or Beastmaster Ranger, like all of these creatures have their own initiative and um, usually require the the player character to do something to like act them or have them move. Um, but regardless- But it doesn't say that, <clears throat> your decision making is your action or Correct. your turn, right? Correct. It, it just, just says you, you decide. For for true polymorph right. and simulacrum. Correct. So for those spells, at least, the language is a lot looser. It just says, well, mm-hmm. it acts on your turn. It doesn't get its own turn. If I, in mid-combat, use, <laughs> use a ninth level spell to animate a chair, then like, sure, that might seem like a waste. But then if I sit in the chair and the chair moves you know like right. gallops along the floor uh then theoretically i guess or i guess the question becomes am i essentially using that chair as a mount in that circumstance in which case you know you would just have the mount's speed presumably or would you then get to like hop off the chair and move your 30 feet or or whatever and that's sort of the crux of the question so when you have a mount in in combat does a mount get its own turn it doesn't i don't think and that's what i'm trying i believe acts on your turn but it has it's like um uh like the drake from the drake warden ranger like beastmaster hunter or the uh remind me the artificers Uh, steel defender yeah steel defender it's similar to that i believe where it has a set amount of things that it, it can do on its own. Like it has like self-preservation. It's not going to run off a cliff. It's not going to do things like that, but it acts. It has its movement speed. It can run, it can avoid, you know, hazards. It can, you know, things like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting. But there's limit. Interestingly, and- there's limitations though on mounting. So this is on page 198 of the player's handbook. Um, 
uh, when, when it comes to mounting and dismounting specifically, once during your move, you can mount a creature that is within five feet of you or dismount it. Doing so costs an amount of movement equal to half your speed, for example. So it's like getting up from prone. If you're 30, it would cost 15 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if an effect moves your mount against its will while you're on, uh, it's not really specific. So if you're on a mount, you can use the mount speed, use half of your own movement to get off of it, and then use the remainder of the half all within the turn? I think so. The, assuming that you are within five feet of the mount. I'm saying like, if you start your turn already on the map, oh. like say I cast like fine steed and I'm just riding my, uh, my, my horse and a battle starts, I can then move my horse's speed 30 feet and then use half of my speed to get off of it and then go 15 more. I think so. Yes, I think that's how that would work. But of course, like, yeah, if your goal was just to get farther, Mm -hmm. then that's a good goal. But obviously, if you're like, if you're like a paladin, you're trying to stay on the mount to attack or something like getting off of the mount wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. But that is really just if the mount, if if you want to take the, the, the benefit of being on a mount, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you, if there are certain things that like, um, uh, I believe uh, with certain spells, I, I might be confusing this with like the specific uh, fine steed spell, but like you can, when you cast spells that affect you, they can also affect your mount or, or th- things of that nature, um, uh, or at least the benefits you can get while wielding certain weapons while mounted, um, especially if you have like the mounted combatant feet. Um, but if you don't want those benefits, could the mount just like pick you up and carry you half of its movement? Um, I think that a mount is given its own intelligence. So I feel like it would either have to be a really, really well-trained mount. So like in fine steed, you can telepathically communicate with your mount. And I guess you could ask it to do that. But like true polymorph, I don't see why your direction at the beginning of your turn can't be, I'm sitting in the chair, (laughs) chair, take me 15 feet, 30 feet. And then I use the remainder of my movement to get up and move my own 30 feet. The image of this in my head is fucking hilarious. Yeah. That's what's, and I'm it's like, what's happening next turn, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> next game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're using ninth level spells at ninth level. You'll um, let me. Yeah, of course. As a paladin, not even a, a full caster. Um, uh, yeah. I use a five slot and a four slot, and I make a ninth slot. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so but that's fascinating. So like you could fear and like, I guess the DM, I think true polymorph specifically says like the DM has the stats for whatever mm-hmm. creature you create. So like they could pick a creature that has a movement speed of like a war horse or, or racehorse of like 60 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so theoretically the horse could like you see, let's say you start your turn on this chair that has the, the stats of a horse I, I guess the question is, does your DM just automatically treat that as a mount? Would that be a rational thing? Or because it's specifically created by the spell to be its own thing that functions on your turn, would it just be its own independent being and not be a mount? I mean, I think a mount is its own independent being. Sure, and yeah. this thing is not because you are directing everything it does and everywhere it moves oh okay josh yeah, i mean that kind of brings up the uh just action economy uh per per turn if you're using a bonus action or an action to command this thing you can use your action to move so but you don't have kind to of, use you don't yeah have to it use just says action that's the interesting you decide thing. what action it takes it doesn't even say it requires not even an oh. interaction so let's say well you- then that goes back that goes back i think this was my argument last night was it goes back to again action economy it i mean and this was kind of a <laughs> this is kind of a blurry blurry world where it's the time like movement speed is the time you can you have six seconds to move this distance right right so if it takes this animated bench or whatever six seconds to move 30 feet why do you get then also 
the ability to move mm. 30 feet. Right. And that, that is sort of the key yeah. that you had pointed out. That's not really addressed by the rules because even I'm reading this article just about movement and like, it's not verified or anything, but it says, it even says like, yeah, there's some funky stuff you can do with movement because technically amounts movement and your movement are tracked differently. But if we're not mm -hmm. talking about amount, if we're talking about a creature that just shares your turn, doesn't roll initiative. It just shares your turn. Then why couldn't you order like, okay, let's say you have a, let's say you're a wizard you, you have you've you've used shoot polymorph to do this and you're riding a chair that has a 60 foot movement speed so it brings you like a mount would and we're assuming that that it would be similar to a mount and not similar to a creature carrying another creature in which case it would move at half speed um so it moves your full 60 feet then let's say for the hell of it rather than dismounting it quote unquote you cast misty step to get another 30 feet now you're at 90 feet and then you run an additional 30 feet. You're at, you're at basically like monk speeds as a wizard. Granted, you're using a ninth level spell to do that. Right. But like, that's like, that's a lot, right? For sure. And I guess the question is, is that kosher with the rules? I mean, when I think about the action economy thing, I thought about that earlier today when I was thinking about this question, actually. And I was all like, well, how can like two different things go in the same kind of six second window but if it has a movement speed of say 30 feet and you have a movement speed of 30 feet i mean you use you can use your action to dash right and so without this whatever creature in play within six seconds any npc can move 60 feet if they so choose right so the timing thing kind of evens out for me Sure. And that's it bothers point. me a little bit less. Yeah. But then, yeah, I didn't even think about your, if you misty step and it's got a movement <laughs> speed of 60 feet and then right. you take your own 60 or 30 feet of movement. And yeah, that is it realistic that a chair could go that far that fast? I don't know. An animated chair with a nice level spell, honey, honey, <laughs> it can go as far as the DM wants it to. <laughs> And then I, but that's like the interesting point. Like, I think that the, the key difference being if it shares your turn, well, on your turn, like logically it doesn't make, like, I agree that it fundamentally kind of doesn't make sense that if it shares your turn, you would get your movement independent of its movement necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like, I agree that like, yeah, that's kind of funky because the turn order is, is such that like everyone moves in the turn order, even though we all know that like, logically this all happens in the same six seconds but i don't know i think there's a case to be i would be willing to entertain a request from a pfc who wasted a ninth level spell turning a chair into a, a mount or or a non-mount if you will mm -hmm. just so it could carry people an extra 60 feet on its turn yeah i think it's it's kind of it's one of those things where the only way because we were when we first started this discussion, we had in our minds that Animate Dead could do this. Yes, yes. Which it cannot. So that kind of evens it out when you cast the ninth level spell. You're burning a ninth level spell to get, right. you know, like you said, 30 to 60 feet more movement. Right. There's other things in Expeditious a, Retreat. <laughs> right. Say. There's other things that you can use that are actually more beneficial to you right. as a wizard or a full caster that gets the spell. Um, I don't I mean, how far can a T-Rex move? Yeah. Like, I mean, probably like 60 or 80 feet. And you can use true polymorph to do that. Right. Yeah. Turn, turn a, chair, right. Turn I mean, a that, creature into yeah. a T-Rex. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be, yeah. That sounds like a better use or like a, a flying creature to <laughs> yeah. avoid terrain or you know all these yeah i want to now oh i'm yeah because i'm even i'm not even thinking i'm thinking more like the awaken spell i want to now awaken a chair and just have it be my friend cherry like on Pee Wee herman is it yeah. isn't heather gonna do that is it she tried to do yeah she I, already do awaken? i think her 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 intent is to do that in, in mm -hmm. our other campaign um so if i understand i think what i'm hearing this sounds a little bit like our favorite fallback which is dm discretion right oh i was just gonna say yeah it, it can't it works yeah. you know and oh, okay. i you can just move I, and yeah. then you can move <laughs> i thought about this a little bit um 
was actually last night when I was laying <laughs> up in bed that inevitably happens after every session. Um, uh, rethinking every choice. Replay um, session, top to bottom. Go. Um, I thought maybe uh, you combine the movement speeds a la the old Aarakocra type situation where if you're on this chair and it has a 30 feet of movement speed, you use that 30 feet of movement speed, but I have unarmored movement or whatever, and I can move 45 feet on my turn. I only get 15 more feet to move. Mm. So you combine the two and then treat it as if, um, womp, womp. Nope. Don't like it. Take it off. <laughs> all right. So all. 75 just, feet of movement. Just you're burning Anna, a ninth level spell. Justice Anna, well, right? you're, you're firmly in the camp of sure. This can happen. Yeah. Justice the, Josh. The never, the never DM'd. <laughs> Justice Anna is firmly in the camp. We gotta, we gotta move, move 75 that. feet if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> you know, and I, that, that actually is a good point is, I've never, I've never DM'd that high level of, yeah. of play before. So I don't, when a wizard is casting ninth level spells, I'm probably not really caring about their yeah. movement speed. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. hundred percent. You know, and that's like, sort of the camp I fall into. Yeah. It's like you're, if you're using that many resources to get to go a little faster, it's like, right. Okay. You do you. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, I, I think fall in that yeah. camp too. All right. So are we all in agreement? We, I think so. We, we think generally sure do it sure. it's not that big of a deal <laughs> even if the rules are somewhat unclear sure yeah. okay gavel gavel nice oh well Time i have to, to i'll be right back robes off this black to. robe in this heat <laughs> my wig whoop. just no i can't handle this anymore i have to let myself air out guys chamber chat chamber chat chamber chat okay joshua this is yes sir our topic today is one near and dear to your heart and mine because, sure. because this is how you entered our campaign. Guest PCs, okay? What are the pros and cons of playing guest PCs, yeah. having guest PCs in long-term campaigns? Are they valuable? How do you manage expectations of both your other players and that person? And then most importantly, what do you do about foster fails that become adoptions? <laughs> um, so having been, so to, so to give everyone context, Josh, you, uh, I invited you to be um, in my Guide Your 2 game as a guest PC to play Thanderin, who is a, um, a very uh, uh, pivotal character in this, the, the end of this arc um, mm -hmm. and to the history of the world. And um, you did wonderfully. Um, Thank you. Uh, yeah. But uh yeah, so so now that arc is over, and and um, you have uh, graciously agreed to stay on as a new character, but I'm wondering. Um, so that's sort of how we dragooned you into becoming. I mean, dragooned. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're like. So wanna, you didn't. You stay. didn't um, pitch him the idea of being Thandrin with a permanent placement in mind, Joe. No, I I oh, explicitly yeah, no. told him because I wanted to manage part of the question right. i wanted to manage expectations because a sure. dming i don't know how matt mercer dms for seven people i mean i know how he has a lot of help right that's the <laughs> only way he could do a, a be that good and have that high profile of a show it's like a it's your full-time job mm -hmm. <laughs> and b it's like you have a lot of help um dming for six pcs well nine p 12 15 pcs across three campaigns is a lot two of those campaigns have six pcs each that is a huge it's just a lot mm -hmm. um uh so i very much was like okay we have five pcs now i'm going to bring you in as a guest you're going to be six i am not going to open the door to a permanent position <laughs> because you know a what if you hate the group or they hate you? right you know no hard feelings but also but you know that's a lot that's a lot of people it's a lot. yeah absolutely Okay, yeah, so for Josh, then, I mean, what were your expectations? Were they met? And how was your experience? <laughs> um, overall, my experience was uh, incredible. Uh, Joe, you're a, a fantastic DM. Oh, thank um, you. And you've chosen uh, some pretty amazing players uh, to sit at your table. And yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh i've going into it i was nervous as hell of mm -hmm. course um 
and that's my own internal struggle. Well, because you didn't like create that. the you didn't create the character, which I right. think is another important. Th- th- this maybe is not a usual situation. I had I had the idea of like if I'm going to lug around this NPC who's going to be so important. I don't want to be the one to play this NPC mm-hmm. throughout this whole, all these combats. And like, you know, when, when Thandarin was the one who revived um, Iso um, right. uh, and like that moment was like so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I would have been so lame if I was the one to do that as the DM. <laughs> right. I, okay. So like, I want to rewind a bit before Josh gets to the table Yeah, because this was a, I think uh, a novel situation in that a we already knew of the character so mm-hmm. this wasn't like a brand new character you had met in. the character and we it was just me <laughs> interacted with the character even and joe has had even kind of um had pitched it to the table saying i'm thinking of bringing somebody else in to handle this one because he's going to play a big part as we continue through the arc is everyone okay with that you know and i feel like there's that approach to introducing a guest pc or there's the approach that that happened in uh yawning portal where elizabeth was like literally hiding out in a bedroom <laughs> and that was like surprise all right, all right which was awesome too because i loved her yeah but you know and uh I, I think that those those are like two approaches joe why did you decide to pitch it to us first you know, I I think it had actually been mentioned by either you or Mike or someone at the table was like, are you going to get someone to play Thandrin? And I was like, that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> and I and it's, again, all the same reasons like I knew. So to give everyone else a little more context, Thandrin is the son, the half elf son of the human emperor who was evil in this in this first arc of the campaign working as far as you guys knew, working with this god of, of death to basically, um, uh, I gotta watch what I say, uh, to, to, to have some influence over the material plane, right? Like, like bad news, this, and, mm-hmm. and cleansing, you know, basically doing ethnic cleansing of all innate magic users, only divine magic was permitted. And that divine magic was like kind of perverted by undeath. So, um, uh, I knew that like, this was going to be a really heavy interaction between like this character and his father and i thought ahead and i'm like i don't want to role play that like i don't want to be the one to be like daddy son and (laughs) like because those moments are so awkward as a dm (laughs) um especially when it's like an important one so Mm -hmm. i think i think i was just like you know what it's always fun to introduce someone to the game uh, you know, to the table and bring in a new perspective. Why don't I try and actually just make this a PC mm-hmm. and get this character, you know, played by a, a player. And I already knew, like, I knew the character's race. I knew the character's class. I, Josh, I think I'd let you pick. I mean, you got to pick certain aspects of like uh, his background and whatnot and his, even his backstory um, to some extent. But I think like most of it was pretty much just handed to you. What was that like as a player to just be handed a character? and be Because like, you're basically right. an actor now. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think me having DM'd <laughs> uh, mm. other NPCs had helped a lot. Um, and I think going into it, I was very much um, kind of playing Thandarin as more of a internal kind of guy so that way it made it easier for me to just observe for like the first three sessions i was there Mm. to you know get everyone's uh, like play style get everyone's you know the dynamics between the group because i mean i did not know any of you i knew tyler Mm -hmm. uh and joe and then that was it and you know so so coming into that with with having um only having I had race, class, and uh, a handful of uh, story beats for his backstory. So, you, so you, yeah. Other than the story beats you had for his backstory, were you told anything about us? Yes. So I, I got uh, pretty much everyone's kind of, uh, you know, bullet point. Right. Because you guys uh, had met already, right? Right. So like, yeah. Like, that's what yeah. that's why I was like, how did you prepare? Right. To so be yeah, a I knew like we already knew. Right. <laughs> I knew I knew Thandarin had a, a a pretty decent relationship with your character, Anna. Mm-hmm. That that it was they all you do. Know, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a, a like a, you know, our our shared daddy issues, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um uh so that was that's something I think I jumped on onto mm-hmm. where it was like, I know, I know that. 
I know, I know that struggle. I know how to, how to role play that. Right. And I think I kind of leaned into that where, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to make any like crazy lore or um, big changes for, for the campaign as a whole. Like, well, when I'm emperor, I'm going to do this. You know, <laughs> I didn't want to do any of that. I didn't mm-hmm. want to. Um, and I knew at that moment, I was like, right. I was like, yeah, like you, we got to, we got to put you on a little bit of a leash here. And as soon as this arc is over, I'm taking him back because yeah. he has important things to do for the, otherwise mm. my the campaign currently going on in the future won't make any sense. But um, uh, yeah, I definitely wanted to give you the freedom of like, you need to organically make relationships with these, with these characters and have this experience because it would be way more fun for you to like, I mean, for the players to like see his reactions from someone other than me, I think was right. like for me, the most important thing. And in thinking of bringing in a guest, like I love watching whenever my favorite D and D shows, whether it's critical role or NAD pod or whoever bring in guest PCs, it always adds so much right. depth to whatever's going on. Um, and you just get these one-off just little characters. And obviously in shows like critical role, they know they're not permanent <laughs> characters, right. right? But like, you know, I don't know sometimes you do get to be a permanent character in my games <laughs> so joe yes you handed over a character that you not only had created and had played but that you had future plans for i did and that was pivotal to not only something in the future i assume but pivotal to the arc we were in how, how did that feel and how did it go for you? Did he catch you off guard at any time? Oh man, Josh, I don't think, you, I don't think you caught me off guard. I think you definitely at, like, I've gotten much more comfortable as a DM over the years, like just going with the flow. Like I could sit down at a table doing zero prep and have a session done you know, like you, you eventually get to that sort of mode when you're DMing because you rely so much on the world you've already built and the stories you've already told. So I think what I learned was how much you've added to the world just from just being your character. And like, cause you would ask me questions. Well, what's his relationship with his dad? Like, I'm like, well, he hates his dad, but I guess I never really thought about it much more than that. And then we kind of workshopped like, well, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. he has a much deeper relationship. And mm-hmm. why did his dad love an elf at one point And then suddenly didn't love elves. And like, we kind mm-hmm. of went into, into that a little bit and it, it kind of just added, allowed me to build and add much more to the world. I think the hardest thing was making sure your relationship because you're a cleric making sure your relationship with your god was consistent with (laughs) because you know some things that other characters don't Mm. um uh about about how this god has plays a role in the future potentially um uh which anyone who's listening from guide your one spoilers um (laughs) but uh uh you uh, like i was really forced to like come up with some like tie up loose ends and like really tighten a lot of those th- theories and things I had planned out. And, and without sharing too much, I recently had a session of just Josh and another character from my guide your two game uh, or guide your one. So game. good. And um, so good. that were brought together by a character who is common to both campaigns Um and it bridged a, a story gap. And who knows, maybe Thandarin will share that with you. And if, if so, Josh, I'll let you, you know, role play that moment in, in game. Um, but um, uh, it, it required me to be like, fuck, yeah, this is how this all happened. Because the, the, hard, the thing that you forget, and like, Josh, I'm sure you can speak to this, is that when you're DMing and creating a world, especially doing homebrew stuff, you'd leave threads loose and untied all the time. There's no possible way any human being could like come up with every single end to every Mm -hmm. story. It's just not what DMing is. You you world build together and you, you create as you go. And it allowed me this moment to be like, aha, this is how I tie up some of those loose Mm. ends. Um, And it was so super satisfying to be able to have you play that character in, in fueling those tying those loose ends. Yeah, it was great. It was, uh, luckily I, I picked a, 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 one of the more powerful subclasses, uh, for a cleric. So like the expectation of going in, I'm like, well, I don't want to fuck up. I want, I, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm 
contributing, I, contributing to the group. And, and I deserve to be here. I'm an mm-hmm. asset. Mm-hmm. So I came out swinging the first combat like every fourth level spell. I was using uh, like, special this guy's abilities. Great. Like yeah. I was like, you yeah, know, yeah. just went nuts. You have and a, we had a cool shield. <laughs> I had a great, yeah. Special item that gave me pretty, uh, pretty great abilities. And yeah, I, that was, I think in my mind, I was like, I gotta, I gotta show up. I gotta, I gotta really bring it uh, the first combat and, and really show them that no, I, I deserve to be here. It's fine. I I can be an asset to this party, but yeah, that was, I think that was the biggest thing going in for the expectations was I know Mm -hmm. I, I want to be wanted. (laughs) I don't, I don't want, I don't want them to be like, okay, well, okay. The good thing, this guy's only here for, you know, four sessions. He'll be, he'll be gone soon. Well, that's just a footnote in, in our, in our campaign. I, I, I wanted to, you know, stand out by by helping you guys yeah like not not stand out like oh now i'm the i'm the best player at the table no i wanted i wanted it to be you know memorable and enjoyable memorable to, like, for have, everyone have you there. Yeah. Right. right yeah to make yeah. i yeah. want you guys to succeed especially knowing that my my contributions are temporary right i wanted you guys to go far and do mm-hmm. as as much as you can for your story and then me staying on was just a icing. Was I couldn't the, say no. Yes. <laughs> and and well, I, I, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit because I feel like we've gotten, you know, Joe's like DM perspective on having uh, a temp guy come in and we've gotten Joe uh, Josh's perspective on, on what it's like to be the temporary addition to a party. And I got to tell you from like the player perspective right. of the person that's serving in that long-term campaign, attached to every (laughs) party member there um you know there's like that fear of like what a new person is going to do to a dynamic even temporarily um and i feel like i had those same nerves literally anytime we introduced a new person into our campaign joe and you know we have lost some like really amazing people (laughs) in our campaign but added just as many amazing people. And I'm so grateful that we have the party that we do, but, you know, especially in like a temporary setting thinking like, what's this going to do to the whole dynamic and how long is this going to last? And what's this going to play out as, uh, and how is this going to affect our characters once this person disappears and how is it going to affect our, our people, like our real life, like, people once this actual human being (laughs) leaves you know um and it's really funny because like the first session you come in I'm sitting there nervous like is this gonna be weird is this gonna be ruined yeah the last session you're sitting there and I'm like (laughs) no I'm so (laughs) attached to you as like yeah. in our party now and you know I'm attached to the character of Thandrin and because he doesn't die I'm like oh no <laughs> so first of all I just I'm so glad we foster failed me too <laughs> yeah. I mean Thanks, I guys. I do really try to craft like okay I try to really pick the group that I think will really do the best and I think there's a lot of philosophies on how to introduce new players but yeah, I'm glad that for you as a player and it was, it, yeah. it felt sort of natural. And how was it for you to create some of those special moments as Iso with Thander and knowing that like, this is just a temporary character who has a much different trajectory than the rest of the party? I'm a little bit heartbreaking, you know, because A, he's, Josh is totally right. Like we immediately bonded, our characters immediately bond about the fact that like, we both hate our dads, we're both out to get him and, mm-hmm. and we have this like trauma that we share. And not only do we have daddy issues, but we like, we feel a weight of a kingdom on our shoulders, right? Like both of us have that. Uh, And then for him to be the one that brought me back to life, I'm like, how do I just like move on from my literal savior? You know, like how does Iso is just like, peace. (laughs) (laughs) by guy that brought me back from the dead, NBD. Um, So I, I think like I'm a super thrilled that you are staying and that you're bringing like an exciting new character who I can't wait to get to know and get get to meet and interact with. But Iso, 
I think she is very glad that she's staying in town for a little while once the dust has settled. Um, because even if we don't play it out, I think she as a character would have been uh, really troubled to just kind of like leave without closure with Thandred and making sure that like he was settled and that, you know, his kingdom was thriving. Right. So, yeah, I think, I think it was just, it was a really great way to have uh, a guest PC in our game. And I think it re- went really, really well. And we're very lucky. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very nice to hear. I'm, 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 I'm glad you enjoyed my Thandarin. <laughs> <laughs> and now we get to look forward to Roland, your new character. Yeah. This, um, this, this, this interesting boy who's mm-hmm. joined the group. So, yeah. um, and now you get to craft this character on your own and totally, you know, right, right, get to do all of yeah. that. So, well, Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Is there? Do you have socials or things you want to plug or no? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, no, I'm, okay. I I'm a nobody. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> I'm just no, a no, friend. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, well, obviously, um, you'll have to come back and join us as we. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sure. dive into more crazy topics about daisy chaining players um <laughs> but until then um i look forward to having you both back at my table next week hopefully Yay. absolutely can't, can't wait, wait. Yeah. can't wait and for our, our listeners please follow us at at ron order dnd on twitter and uh email, email us questions yes give us your email questions, questions. <laughs> we need them we have a form just it's on the twitter just submit your questions on the form and we can get to answer them um, awesome court entered Oye, oye, oye. The Honorable Chief Justice is Joanna and Associate Justice Josh of the Supreme Court of BN. That was sounded weird. I'm going to redo that. Josh! 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 <laughs> <laughs>